This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. And now, introducing to you, the positive film buff, Levi Patton. He's positive. The crew's come to make your positive day positive, even more positive once again. Me, Levi Payton. I prefer to be known as the positive film buff, though. The only film buff in the world that is unable to hate any movie or even see flaws with it. Today's film I'm reviewing is not only big and new, but it's got an interesting background story that I feel the need to talk about to you. In the year 2017, a superhero film came to theaters titled Justice League, the fifth installment of the DC Extended Universe and set to be DC's equivalent of Marvel's The Avengers. For a long time, I liked Justice League to bits, putting it along one of my top 20 best films of 2017, enjoying its lighter tone compared to previous DC films, and thought it was filled with such incredible action and visuals, memorable characters and performances, a spectacular story that does awesome justice to the DC universe, and so on and so on. However, the more I watched it over the years, the more I began to realize, though I still enjoyed it, it actually did not have a lot of things that made this movie worthy enough to be considered a fantastic superhero masterpiece, or even a spot on my 20 best films of 2017. I think my change of thought over this movie mostly stemmed from the fact that there were a lot of news reports that revealed this movie had an extremely difficult time in production. This movie was directed by Zack Snyder, his third DC feature after Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and his third movie, Justice League, was coming close to completion. However, after 2016's Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad both got extremely mixed reviews from fans and critics despite being major hits, Although the former movie's reception grew warmer due to the release of the extended cut you're seeing here, Warner Brothers demanded a lot of changes to make the movie more simple and lighthearted, hiring Avengers director Joss Whedon to practically change the whole script. When Zack Snyder stepped down from production due to a family tragedy, Whedon basically took over directing the reshoots, and as a result, all of Whedon's last-minute changes made it into the final cut of the film, while many of Snyder's scenes and story arcs got removed. In simple words, the Justice League we saw in cinemas in 2017 was not Zack Snyder's film, despite him receiving director's credit. It was Joss Whedon's film, and that film ended up getting mixed reviews from critics and fans and didn't do well at the box office. Still, it appeared to be the only version we were going to see from Justice League, and I practically just accepted it for what it is and praised it as another superhero masterpiece. However, as the years went by, millions of fans became curious over what Zack Snyder's version of Justice League was like. And so they made millions of demands for Warner Brothers to release Snyder's first version of Justice League, one that was already filmed and complete before Josh Whedon took over. 
After all those years of begging and pleading, and all those years of me trying to 100% accept the version we got in cinemas, by the year 2020, Warner Brothers finally gave in to the fans' demands and officially greenlit Snyder's cut of the Justice League. As many overjoyed fans celebrated, Zack Snyder immediately went to work to finish his movie, bringing back all of the scenes and soy arcs he filmed originally, upgrading the visual effects and style, removing all of the scenes and dialogue that Josh Whedon wrote and directed, and even filming some new footage with some actors that hadn't worked in a DC film for a long while. Finally, at long last, on March 18th, Zack Snyder's Justice League was released for all the world to see. It has premiered here on Binge and Foxtel Movies, and on that day, I spent an entire evening watching it to see if Justice League really could be a pure superhero masterpiece now that Zack Snyder's version has been made. Wow, I just made the longest intro of a movie review on this show. What do you think about that, everybody? Hey. Well, finally, let like me it. give Zack Snyder's Justice League the positive review it always wanted, starting with the story. A few months after Batman v Superman, the whole world has grown dark and hopeless after the world's savior, Superman, had sacrificed himself for humanity. Inspired by Superman's act and his faith for humanity restored, billionaire Bruce Wayne, also known as the Vigilante Batman, gets together with antiques dealer Diana Prince, also known as immortal Amazon warrior Wonder Woman, to form a team of superpowered people to protect the world in Superman's absence. Three new superpowered bases are quickly discovered, like Barry Allen, a young eager man who has the power to run faster than a bullet, Victor Stone, a man who is half human, half robot after losing most of his body in a horrific accident and being replaced with cybernetic portions, and Arthur Curry, who is actually an underwater protector known as Aquaman. All together, the five unique superheroes unite to save the world from a villainous alien threat known as Steppenwolf and his army of parademons, and also to prove to the world that there is still light and hope left in a time of darkness. With this version of Justice League, removing all of Joss Whedon's changes to the film and restoring and keeping every single one of Zack Snyder's elements, I can only say four words. Wow! What an improvement. We had actually been given a movie that's awesome, brilliant, creative, delightful, excellent, fantastic, glorious, honorable, and spectacular all at once. This was truly a spectacular superhero masterpiece I was hoping to see when Justice League was first announced. It had an epic battle between good and evil. It had mind-blowing action sequences. It had a lot of dazzling visual effects. And it had a lot of amazing performances bringing to life unique versions of the famous DC superheroes. All of this came from the brilliant direction of Snyder and the fantastic writing of Chris Terrio, the writer who gave you Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and the Oscar-winning film Argo. And I stinking loved it. In fact, this movie's got one of the biggest run times of a movie ever. A run time of 242 minutes. 
never be on my friends. Even the movie acknowledges that you might not be willing to sit through a lengthy movie like that. So it not only went straight to streaming instead of cinemas, but it divided many parts of the whole movie into seven parts, containing their own intros and the names of the parts, which will allow you to either go to the toilet or take a break and watch the next part of the movie tomorrow, next week, or something. Anyway, speaking of the characters, every single one of these heroes are given a lot of chances to showcase more of their characterizations and development that I believe both stays faithful to their original comic book selves while still being their own separate characters, complete with the respective amazing performances by the actors. Batman, played by Ben Affleck, is brilliant. Superman, played by Henry Cavill, is superb. Wonder Woman, played by Gal Gadot, is wonderful. Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa, is awesome. Flash, played by Ezra Miller, is fantastic. And Cyborg, oh my goodness, Cyborg, played by Ray Fisher, gets a major upgrade here. Contrary to his role in Whedon's theatrical cut, which was kind of a supporting role, Cyborg in this version gets a truly inspirational story arc and a lot of amazing development plus showcasing some very powerful acting skills from Ray Fisher. I feel like this is a cyborg story. I feel like Kit, many people with disabilities will get inspired by. Anyway, surprisingly, it's not just the hero's development that's fantastic here. It's also the villain, Steppenwolf, played by Kyrian Hines. He turns from a standard bad guy from the theatrical cut into a pretty solid and complex villain. Despite having the personality of an evil conqueror willing to destroy the world, Steppenwolf is also someone who is desperate to reclaim his lost honor and be accepted by his kind again. And the only way he can do that is to prove himself worthy by conquering Earth. Kyrian Hines expressed a lot of frustration that his role was reduced to a standard bad guy in the theatrical cut, and I can now see why. Steppenwolf in this movie is actually an interesting villain with a surprising amount of emotional depth. Not the same amazing scale of emotional depth that Thanos had, but still impressive enough to declare Steppenwolf a very fantastic bad guy. The restored bigger story and improved character development appears to be enough to turn this into a very epic movie, but there's quite a few more elements that made this movie cooler. I said before that the action sequences were mind-blowing, and they truly are. They're the same action sequences from the theatrical cut, but only by the set pieces. The execution of those action sequences is way bigger and more different, allowing them to become more awesome and spectacular than ever before. So spectacular, I'm left wondering if they surpass the action sequences of Zack Snyder's previous DC films. Only to watch these sequences again to make sure. Anyway, the visual effects also get a huge upgrade, managing to look very fresh and clean and even more dazzling, and also being redesigned to fit the type of spectacular visual style that Zack Snyder is best known for. The music score composed by Junkie XL is also amazing, and I believe listening to the score alone can make you think that you're watching a very epic superhero film. And I've already went through the main actors in this movie, but I'll mention the film's supporting actors. 
Amy Adams as Lois Lane, Joe Morton as Silas Stone, Connie Nielsen as Queen the Wonder Woman's mother, Amber Heard as Mera, Diane Lane as Martha, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, and Joe Manna Janelio as Sam Slade Wilson. They all remain great in this movie. Adams, Morton, Nielsen, Heard, Lane, and Manager Nelio all have their roles slightly stepped up in this version, with Morton serving as the king of having his supporting role greatly stepped up. Eisenberg and Simmons' roles in this movie are mainly the same as the theatrical, but this version still allows them the chance to shine. And three characters and actors who didn't make a single appearance in the theatrical cut make memorable presence, presences here, including Ray Porter as Darkseid, Steppenwolf's master, Willem Dafoe as Nudius Volko, who first appeared in Aquaman, and in a very surprising move, Jared Leto as the Joker. The inclusion of the Joker was something that was actually not planned in the original production. But when the new version was greenlit, Snyder decided to film a new scene with some of the cast and decided to include the Joker in the scene and have Jared Leto reprise his role from Suicide Squad, as his role in that film was heavily cut down to a supporting role in spite of being the film's second lead. The Joker's role in this movie is still minor, but unlike Suicide Squad, his screen time was purposely written that way and written with passionate care, so much so that Leto gratefully seized the opportunity to deliver his own unique portrayal as the Joker, and I could see Leto's joy in playing the character again through his stellar performance. As a lifelong fan of superhero movies, I wanted to see a truly epic superhero masterpiece out of something called Justice League. And thanks to Zack Snyder's Justice League, I've got it. This is a true masterpiece, a worthy member of the club of superhero masterpieces like mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man 2, The Dark Knight, etc. With a highly epic story, magnificent characters, dazzling animation, and all brought to life with the most brilliant direction Zack Snyder has given us, Zack Snyder's Justice League is such a masterpiece, it blows the 2017 theatrical cut away to the point where I consider that just a sneak preview and no longer consider it a favorite 2017 film. That's weird, the positive film buff no longer considering a film a favorite of mine because I'm now planning to kick that off the list soon and replace it with something else released in 2017. You've been listening to Invincibility. The opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of USQ and CPL.